You are listening to the Bondzilla Podcast. The Bondzilla Podcast is a bi-monthly analysis of two of cinema's longest-running franchises, James Bond and Godzilla. This week, it's the King of Apes versus the King of the Monsters in 1962's King Kong versus Godzilla. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode six of the Bondzilla podcast. You take much pride in your hellos on the show. I've noticed. Hey, I get, I get the. I'm the first thing that they hear, other than that <laughs> wonderful theme. Right. Once again, that wonderful theme by our good friend Kyle. Mm-hmm. We're back to talking about Godzilla. Yes. Um, as always, though, um, we always have some housekeeping to do because there was one thing we forgot to do last time uh, we were on. Uh, and, I, and I'm and I'm feeling the need to almost make it a our first true segment of the show. Yeah. And that is, what role does Harrison Ford play in each of these movies? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we forgot to give him a role in Goldfinger. Do you remember what we decided on? Yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously, at the end of the movie, Bond is uh, uh, obviously he saves Fort Knox and is uh, invited to meet. The president of the United States, right. who is obviously <laughs> Harrison Ford. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And he's just like, you did a good job, Bond. Now, my new mission for you, find my wife. And Bond's like, but uh, I don't work for the American government. <laughs> That's true. Uh, he's like, you know, I mean, I, I did just save your entire gold uh, supply, you know, and, and save your place in the world uh, ac- economically. So. Right. Bond's like maybe maybe I you should be saving my wife. <laughs> uh, but um, anyway, so um, another piece of housekeeping I was going to bring up uh, in honor of our movie today yeah. that we were going to talk about. Uh, actually, we had a theatrical release related to what we're going to talk yeah, about this today. Is, this is a very good timing. You yeah, know? I mean, I don't know if we'll have a lot of great timing on the podcast, but this is this is definitely one of the best timings we could have hoped for. So the movie we're going to be talking about today ultimately is King Kong versus Godzilla, the third movie in the uh, Godzilla chronology of films. Not the future release. We did not time travel to <laughs> <No>. 2020 <laughs> to, to talk about the, the newest iteration, right. but no, the original uh, 1960 production. It was either production. Kill Hitler or... <laughs> Go forward in time to watch a giant monkey fight a giant lizard. Not even to see the new Star Wars. No, or like just that. <laughs> to see where, like, who we marry or anything like that, just to see the new King Kong versus right. Godzilla. Um, so we just got the theatrical release of uh, Legendary Pictures' Kong Skull Island. And uh, you and me, um, we, got to, we got a chance to see it. And I think it, it, it is ultimately going to... That movie and what Legendary's doing with those movies, with because they also did the 2014 Godzilla film, it's going to kind of uh, it's going to come up again in this episode because I have some uh, notes about that. But Kong Skull Island, I thought since it was a giant monster movie that had to do with what we uh, what we're talking about today, I thought that we give maybe like a brief our brief thoughts about it, yeah. some breaking news, breaking hot news. news, quick news, side quest in our RGP RPG. Yeah, RPG, not yeah. RGP. This is like you know, not the main quest, but we're helping out a uh, like a villager finder chicken horses or yeah. whatever. Sure, yeah, that's like a Final Fantasy thing. Chicken Chocobo. horses, chocobo. There yeah. you go. Yes. <laughs> okay. uh, so at Kong Skull Island. It's uh, essentially it's a reimagining of the uh, classic King Kong monster. Uh, this time it takes place in. Uh, right at the tail end of Vietnam in the 70s, in which a group of scientists uh, who work for the same company that we see in the Godzilla movie um, go uh, basically bring together a team and with a military operation uh, traverse the mysterious Skull Island where they come across a not-too-happy giant ape, not a monkey. So when the guy says, is that a monkey? It's not a monkey. monkey. It's an ape. So anyway... What'd you think of the movie? Because we both saw it, and yeah. it's like so. I thought we just give like you know some quick. I very much news. enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I very much uh, had a good time at the movies. Uh, Kong was very impressive in in, in this one because they kind of went for the more the biggest 
change is that obviously Kong is bigger. Yeah. And they go for the more kaiju version of it, which right. definitely fits into mm-hmm. what we're going to be talking There's about. There's definitely today. some some cool action in the movie. Um and the the style was very distinct and I think added a lot to the proceedings. Mm-hmm. Uh didn't have the, the strongest uh character base, but I felt that the 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 performances even though the characters weren't strong that the performances kind of just held uh the movie together uh enough to kind of be like i'm having a good time right exactly so yeah i mean i enjoyed it i i like the direction of it i like the energy that was kind of put behind it the monster i this month this movie and the movie we're about to talk about today i think has awakened something in me where i i think i realized that monsters fighting is just an easy lay for me yeah. like it's just I, i'm as if you do it well which i thought this uh, kong skull island did the the monster action well Mm -hmm. like especially no spoilers but obviously there's a big third act monster battle yeah that just completely delivered for me so i was i was i was all on board for that um you know and and a lot of that stuff doesn't make for the greatest movie i think the characters you know they're not given a lot to work with i think Mm -hmm. some of the older characters fare better but it's a little bit of a spotty script uh you don't feel some of the weight of what's going on until like until like an action beat is happening yeah. like there's a lot about like we got to do this but you don't feel the weight of that until that happens um so there's a lot of like that kind of narrative story character stuff that mm-hmm. does fall flat and overstay his welcome yeah in a way and i know a lot of people was like but godzilla 2014 had terrible characters but Which that was I, like more... I, I will i mean this is getting on way ahead but yeah. i kind of disagree with that yeah. still to this day i don't understand that criticism well of that i movie. think those characters to me i get that they're not the most exciting but they're very efficient mm-hmm. like in in a, in a good way yeah. like they're like no nonsense like they're performing their role whereas like you could argue that some of the characters are very like you know very like this is who i am and this is why i'm important like yeah. in, in that very, kind of very yeah. direct yeah yeah so it's not a lot a lot of subtext yeah right. uh, not not a lot of you know not like uh kong is representing like the nuclear holocaust or anything yeah like that. <laughs> but I, I you know what all that said um especially when we went back and go see the monster action i had a real good time with it so uh, you know, uh, yeah. good time. I had a good time with it. Yeah, no, I had a good time. Also, there was a lot of Kong butt in this movie. A lot of Kong butt. A lot of Kong butt. No Kong dong. No. King dong. <laughs> and no John C. Riley dong either, unfortunately. John C. Riley was great in that yeah, movie. Um, so, all right. So, on to the main event. We are talking yes, about Yes, going the... back in time, but not all the way back in time to the first Kong appearance, but yeah. one of the, the, the middle Kong appearances. We're going back in time not to kill Hitler, but to uh, watch King Kong versus Godzilla. So basically, all of our time travel is like this movie related. A wizard comes and says, "All right, you have a time. You have a DeLorean, and you can only see King Kong versus Godzilla. But you can see the 2020 version or the 1962 version, same year as uh, Doctor No. Yeah, yeah. Going back to the era um, of Doctor No. And you know what? If given those choices, like I don't know, I may go back and watch this one. <laughs> just so I can experience the the, the on the um, big screen. Yeah, experience on the big screen. Um, this also um, also directed. Also, by then I could go to 1962 Disneyland, which is uh, you know I, I take a little time off to do that, which would be nice. Yeah, well, you know, we all have our little quirks, I guess. Uh, this was also directed by Ishiro Honda, who was the original director of the yes. original Godzilla film. Um, so yeah, let's talk about this movie in which it's essentially. The title speaks for itself. It's a movie in which King Kong versus Godzilla. Now, Nick, this isn't the original King Kong. This is Toho's King Kong. Yeah. What was the, a real quick bit of news? What was like the thing that you said about King Kong? Like the, the information you found out about the studios? And oh, like, yeah. So it's, uh, one of the things that are very interesting is that in terms of the original production, not counting the uh, international distribution for this movie, mm-hmm. uh, every King Kong or attempted a new King Kong kind of franchise or a big like King Kong film has been produced and released by a different studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original 1933 version was from RKO. Uh, this version was from Toho. The 70s King Kong was uh, Paramount. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 2005 King Kong was Universal. And this latest Kong Skull Island was Warner Brothers. Right. So It's really interesting. And each one of those, I think, has a sequel or had a sequel in development at some point. Uh, this, I'm just talking about the first one, the original, of these new franchises. It's interesting that as we learn, doing research for this and with Kong Skull Island coming out is like, like I, I think that like Kong being like the big monster 
movie, like effects-driven monster movie. I had talked about this off mic. Like that wasn't necessary. We grew up that more being Jurassic Park was yeah. that movie, and I, now I've learned that like King Kong was like a big movie no, for I mean, a lot of I mean, people. That's the kind of thing I remember mentioning it kind of in the first episode uh, for our, for our Gojira episode. But like King Kong is essentially kind of almost this Godzilla-like figure for an American audience uh, in terms of just being the quintessential giant monster. Yeah. Uh, just from from the American perspective and kind of, we kind of talked about it a little bit in that first episode, but it, it's just at least not as much, kind of this movie, but more the original kind of being that, you know, kind of as Gojira's about uh, nuclear bombs and stuff like that, the right. original King Kong's connection with colonialism and the American experience right. in kind of, you know, Exotic out, locales, it, yeah, and, and and kind of that view, uh, it, it's almost kind of similar in terms of uh, how they kind of represent things and how they're taken in the pop culture. Like people, um, you know, people, and when people think of like the giant monster, sometimes they think of King Kong on the Empire State Building mm-hmm. with uh, you know the girl in his hand and being chased by the planes. That's kind of the American version of Godzilla attacking Tokyo. Uh, this was made after a seven-year hiatus after yes. the. Uh, not so great uh, reception of Godzilla Raids Again mm-hmm. or Gigantus the Fire Monster as, as it was er- were. erroneously titled. Um, so Godzilla is back to being uh, Godzilla in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. He's no longer Gigantus. Uh, and uh, this is the first time uh, Godzilla and I believe also King Kong uh, was in color, I believe. Yeah, first time in color for both of these creatures. Well, Nick, this movie um, has a history of being made, as many movies have a history of being yeah. made. Uh, because you need to make a movie. Mm-hmm. So how do you make a movie? How do you make this movie, Nick? Obviously, well, I'm about to tell you. Obviously, you take King <laughs> Kong and you add a little Godzilla in the mix and you got a movie. <laughs> All right. So originally, um, this was an idea pitched by Willis O'Brien, who was one of the original stop motion animators on the original King Kong. Um, and he came up with the idea of King Kong versus Frankenstein, the universal monster. Oh, uh, <laughs> I would assume... It would be a giant Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. So this movie kind of uh, went through, the t- development of it went through a little bit of a tumultuous experience because there was a lot of like trying to see if they could secure, go to RKO to secure like the rights to Kong. There was a lot of, oh, they want to use Frankenstein, but they they thought there was a lot of complications with getting the rights to cinematic Frankenstein because it's like, oh, like we want to use Frankenstein, but Universal owns Frankenstein, but they actually only own the likeness, like the cinematic... Like uh, the makeup. Yeah, the makeup, like the design they wanted, and I think that they wanted to use that design. It's a little bit muddled, but basically the the entirety of this production is basically getting the rights uh, to certain (laughs) things. In fact, like... and at the end of the day, a giant chunk of the budget went to um, went to uh, just paying for King Kong being in the movie. Uh, at one point, they were going to name the movie um, uh, King Kong versus uh, Prometheus, uh, based off of um, the original Frankenstein book being called the Modern Prometheus. So they right. were going to do that. And like the legend, yeah. Um, also, the fact that it want, they wanted to do it in stop motion uh, turned a lot of studios off from doing it because of the budgetary the. Uh, budget uh commitments that they would have to it was just going to be too expensive mm-hmm. so so eventually the script uh was given to producers to shop it across seas in which toho got their hands on it in which toho which at this point had taken a break uh from making godzilla movies was very eager to make a king kong movie in fact they were ecstatic and they've always wanted to make a king kong movie and they decided it's like well wait a minute why don't we bring godzilla you know off of the ice why don't we dethaw Godzilla? Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a hint to what happens in the movie. But uh, why don't we bring out Godzilla for a big celebration, and we're going to pit him against uh, King Kong? No, it's very interesting because because obviously it's like they take that break from from Godzilla, and you know it's like now we look back on like King Kong versus Godzilla, and it seems very obvious, right? You have these two very iconic movie monsters like mm-hmm. you know arguably the two most iconic movie monsters of all time why not pit them against each other but at this point like you had the original gojira which was you know we talked about was ended up you know winning awards and being nominated for awards but also had that kind of little bit of that reputation of like oh but it's too soon and all that sort of stuff and then you had godzilla raids again uh which definitely was not as well received and did not do as well right overall 
Uh, so it's very interesting choice that they, you know it just feels like it's not the obvious choice to bring back Godzilla. But I it think seems they wanted like to because Godzilla was still like like people still liked Godzilla and an anniversary was approaching for Toho. Yeah. And so they wanted to kind of do a big monster mash as a celebration. Um, even though the main draw and I, and I'll save this for later, but the main draw of it was King Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like, Oh, let's, and, and it was always established as a versus movie. Yeah. So it's like Toho. It's like, well, let's just use Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, it makes sense. Like obviously, but it's just really interesting to think like it, doesn't seem as obvious of the choices we would believe it to be just in hindsight yeah uh and also uh, all this um uh these dealings of with toho were actually done allegedly done behind willis o'brien's back Ooh. uh who uh, who at the end of the day never got credit uh mm. for the initial concept of the movie and that's probably because you know it was no longer king kong versus frankenstein right. it was um it yeah, was uh, what's it called? he he was king like kong one of the main dudes on on king kong like he was well there was a lot of there was a lot of like lawsuits placed on the movie because the rights to King Kong, like a lot of people thought that they had the individual rights to King Kong, but they really didn't. So mm-hmm. there, this movie again, movie rights were like the big, were like the big thing right here before, yeah. even before uh, Spider-Man got to join the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Everybody was like, "Well, what about King Kong? Who Where does he belong to?" Who? Yeah, again, what's goes the back- deal with all these King Kong rights? Really, it's like it's like a real life version of the the original movie. It's yeah. like <laughs> people trying to get ownership of this monster, and maybe the it monster is like that. <laughs> well, the monster should own himself. Um, King Kong should have negotiated his own rights, is what I'm saying. His agent, you know, should have just let King Kong go to the meeting, and just King Kong's like, oh, I want twenty thousand. Nick's banging his chest like King Kong. Um, so going into the movie, Ashira Honda was uh, back on board to direct, as Ashira Honda had not stopped his uh, li- his uh, creation of monster movies because he went on to make Rodan and Mothra and all those types of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought on special effects director E.G. Okay, here's another Japanese name, E.G. Subaraya. Subaraya. There you go. I did it. Uh, E.G. Subaraya, um, whose uh, instinct was to take uh, the monsters in a more lighthearted approach. Much to the chagrin of most of the crew, um, who were aghast at some of the uh, things that he had the monsters do in the movie, which uh, we will talk about soon. Um, the He wanted to do this because ultimately he wanted to appeal to a larger demographic and specifically children. And this was a direction that Toho very much uh, supported. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, Honda actually was one of the biggest uh, proponents against it uh, because he was very much in the vein of that monsters should be taken seriously and not comical. Considering that the the original Gojira movie was, in a sense, his baby, but also very much took very seriously the destruction and the metaphor uh it's a very just interesting well it's funny because decision in, that, in like, retrospect it, it, yeah in retro like looking back on it it seemed like more that was targeted towards king kong because king kong as we talk about the movie probably comes off as the most comical and everybody who worked on this movie was all about we want to do a king kong movie yeah. really so the fact that um and it was interesting because i was like well why wouldn't honda have more of a say on that and i think it's kind of more in terms of like the director and the effects director like the effects director probably manages more of what the monsters do Mm -hmm. um as opposed to what the director says it's kind of like a lot of people don't know this but with a lot of cgi um effects in modern movies they previs that so that's kind of done very early on or has to be established very early on so in many movies the director doesn't have a specific uh, say in that sometimes they do sometimes right. they but a lot of times um a lot of times they don't um the actors in the suits were given uh more freedom in the monster fights and uh which eventually which were at the end of the day heavily inspired by professional wrestling uh which at yeah. this point was becoming increasingly popular in japan yeah pro wrestling is very big i mean just now i know for like in modern era mm-hmm. uh professional wrestling is very big and it has had a very big history in japan so that would that would make a lot of sense uh that they would take some influence from that um stop motion was once again uh forgone in favor of suits for uh, budget reasons mm-hmm. uh which was something that honda always wanted to implement because he tried to do that in the first movie right. use the stop motion because in, in a way the effects work that they wanted to do in godzilla was um 
inspired by King Kong, which mm-hmm. was the stop motion Ray Harryhausen style. Um, so, but for budget reasons, they couldn't do it again. But there is still some stop motion used in the movie. Yes, yeah, so I think I I, I noticed. Um, there's an infamous uh, fighting move uh, yeah. that stop motion achieves in the movie. Um, the new suit built for Godzilla was given a more rep- reptile appearance, um, and the Kong suit was hev- But the Kong suit was heavily criticized um, as being as we were. I was reading in my research book uh, what it said: one of the most insipid monkey suits ever made. Which I don't know if it was that bad, but it was just yeah, funny I mean, how it was worded. I mean, obviously, it was kind of this era. Like, it's what you kind of expect from this era of like Godzilla suit making i guess mm-hmm. but at the same time i didn't find it that egregious no no but no, it's, I, it's cheap looking you know it's, it's cheap looking <laughs> but it still kind of fit i guess i don't know um it was actually uh, it was eventually designed after going through several attempts to get approved and was made with two masks and two pairs of arms one lanky arms that uh were kind of that you kind of swung around and one uh little normal arms you can't see it but in the in the room i'm doing this weird like kermit right. dance like kind of to make it. I'm assuming to make it more like gorilla like yeah. and kind of longer. Okay. Um, the one of the infamous scenes involves a giant octopus, um, which uses and this made sense once I looked at this up. It uses four live octopuses on a miniature set. It's actually not. I looked that up. I said to people. I like that one. I actually looked it up because I was going to write octopi, but they said that's more of like a self-imposed yeah. grammatical thing than not like necessarily a correct one. Um, but it was used. They used four live octopuses using hot air uh, to blow on them to make them move. Now, Nick, I know what you're thinking: animal cruelty, but they were all used in very good ways. Three of them were let free, and one of them was used as Subaraya's dinner. <laughs> That's real. Waste not. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a real thing, right? Like you're not making that up. No, all the research I found says that one of the uh, the fourth octopus was uh, eaten. <laughs> I, oh, I, would boy. you do you hope that was on set too? Yeah, like he's just like, just like, like we this... can't find octopus number four, and it's just super high. Just, <laughs> just, just like the, there's a, there's a scene in Kong Skull Island that I'm just imagining yeah. right now. <laughs> in Kong Skull Island, he fights a uh, uh, like much in this movie. Uh, he fights an octopus, and it's probably that's what Subaraya did. There's like probably footage of Subaraya doing like just that, slurping yeah. up the little tentacles. Like an old boy, he uh, ate an octopus. Um, also, two rubber octopuses covered in plastic to give them the mucusy look uh, were used as props, and the stop motion was used uh, for the tentacles. Um, as we head into the movie, there are a couple notes before we talk about the movie that uh, that I have. Um, Kong at this point was considered the bigger draw. Of both of these, um, I mean, it would make sense. Yeah, I just it's just in terms. Even of, in Japan, he was yeah. considerably more popular. Therefore, Cause, cause, he gets top billing in the credits and right, the promotion. It's top billing because because again, Godzilla takes a big break. It is it, it, not to say that like obviously Kong has taken a big break because I mean the last Kong movie was in 1933. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like Kong has that legacy of being like the original movie monster. Yeah. Uh, whereas Godzilla only had those two films, one of which was you know very cheaply and very well not not produced well mm-hmm. and and didn't do well so it would i mean it just it's not surprising to find that kong would have been the more popular monster and another thing the perception of godzilla was not only that of his a movie of his wasn't done in a while at this point but at this point he was seen as the villain and that's why another oh, yeah. thing like the the comical approach was uh not necessarily the favorite to a lot of people because the first two godzilla movies even though the second one is ridiculous, yeah. uh, is more serious, quote-unquote serious, quote unquote serious, yeah. serious in nature. So that's why no, Kong... I, I guess that makes sense. I mean, again, kind of that hindsight. We, we see Godzilla kind of almost as some, like an anti-hero, just a destructor that protects. Mm-hmm. And I guess you just don't really think that, yeah, it's just this is the third movie and he's still the bad guy. Yeah. So. Very interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, and it, it's that was like one of the things like going into it and doing the research for it was just really how much Kong was just such like a like everybody wanted their hands on this on this monster. So it's just it's it's fascinating to me that despite and this is considered to be the third movie in the filmography of Godzilla. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's just so it's fascinating that Kong is really the hero of it. If you have to, I mean, they, that's kind of the direction that they wanted yeah. to go with it. Like that's where why. I mean, it's it's it. two forces of nature yeah. that like one happens to be kind of 
the one that they use to save the day. Right. Yeah. So, um, any uh, any thoughts as we uh, go into actually talking about? Something? Oh, well, we have to talk about uh, real quick uh, the every time they introduce a monster in this movie. Oh yeah. What are your thoughts on introducing Kong in this movie? I mean, it's this one's interesting because obviously you have a perception of Kong. I mean, I'm very familiar with both the 1933 film and the the Peter Jackson movie from 2005. Um, I felt that Kong was uh, very solid. I thought that he was well built. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely term- a man in a suit. Definitely a man in a suit. <laughs> but in terms of like, one of the one of the things about him is I think he was built up well. Uh, in terms of, I mean, we'll talk about more when the movie comes. But he was built up well enough that like when he first appeared and kind of had that first fight, I was like, oh yeah, no, he's he is kind of cool. He is the he is like the top draw. He mm-hmm. is he's King Kong. Yeah. Uh. Uh, to rank the the the, the roar in uh in the, the pantheon of our yeah of our yeah kaiju roars. which I'm about to play it in the break I'm not gonna play it here because it's I mean my opinion of it is just kind of like a very like no I mean the thing is it's gorilla roar you know, it's, a, it's a very much like a like a four on on my on my <laughs> ten scale uh, just yeah. because it's 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 a solid roar I mean it's 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 good mm-hmm. but it it's very traditional it's very much just a roar it doesn't have you know the the pitch that we heard in Angiris. It doesn't have that kind of layers of Godzilla. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just a roar and uh, but a good roar. This actually uh, makes me reminds me. This was the first time that the classic Godzilla roar that we normally associate with Godzilla was in one of these movies. That it's technically the same roar that we've had in all the movies thus far, but it was slightly altered and the pitch was brought mm-hmm. up a little bit. So while it's technically the same roar, the actual sound in and of itself is more of what you uh, relate to the monster. Yeah. So Godzilla's still a 10 yeah. on the roar scale. <laughs> uh, the pitch right now doesn't really change much. Still an all-timer. Uh, I, I go, I'll talk about Kong a little bit more as we get into the film. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I thought he was a very fun... It was a very fun appearance of Kong, yeah. and I, I very much uh, enjoyed uh, the kind of the ups and downs of this portrayal. <laughs> if you and if you you can either look it up, you can either Google it. Not if you're driving, don't Google if it you're if you're driving. driving. Uh, but if you don't know, and if you've seen uh, trailers for Kong Skull Island, essentially that design, just a man in a suit. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So should we talk about the big monster movie clash, King Kong versus Gojira? Let's do it. Now, the fact that Kong and Godzilla have appeared at the same time is interesting, scientifically. Being instinctive rivals, there is no doubt that they will attempt to destroy one another. And welcome back. Yeah, and we're back to talk about the monster clash that clashed the world. (laughs) King Kong versus Godzilla, the monster clash that clashed the world. Very good. Yeah, that's Very me. Good. Old school. Um, as we head into talking about this movie, uh, there are two things that I do want to mention. Is that we watched the Blu-ray we have of this is actually technically the U.S. version and therefore the dubbed version. Uh, we normally try to watch the original version uh, with subbed, not dubbed, yeah. um, as when we can. There is a reason behind that, though, and that's because this movie has a legacy of being one of the most poorly uh, preserved Godzilla films. Of all the movies. (laughs) Well, the the reason for it is because Ishiro Honda did a cut of the movie that was going to play in like a children's festival um, in which he cut like 24 minutes out of the movie um, in order to make it suitable for that. But he did that to the original negative of the movie, and therefore that 24 minutes was either damaged or just lost. Uh, <laughs> so that's why, and there have been res- <laughs> there have been restored copies, but even a lot of the restored copies uh, still were flawed and damaged. And there was a lot of copies that tried to use footage from this version and reconcile it with the lost footage. But um, that's why this movie is not only the one of the worst preserved. Uh, but also kind of like hard uh, to restore just in general. So that's why we ended up with the American version of the movie. Yeah, I mean, not to go through it too much, but like I kind of, I mean, obviously there are bits of, you know, the American version that are very much the American version. Yeah, yeah, but that's true. At the well, sa- I have some, I mean, the, yeah, at the same time, just as a general note, it's like, uh, the kind of, I know, I'm, and I'm sure there were things that were cut and there were things that were shifted around, 
But at the end of the day, like the adaptation was straightforward enough. Yeah. It's just in terms of it wasn't anything like the banana oil we talked yeah. about last time. It was just mostly like it seemed like it was the general plot of of what the original Japanese version would have been, mm-hmm. just with like kind of some simplification. You know, and like like not too much like adding silliness to it. Yeah, well, it, it's funny because uh, of course this was uh, because the producers thought it would be better and appeal more to Western audiences is to quote unquote Americanize the movie. Uh, this resulted in multiple deleted scenes. Uh, Akira Ifakube's score uh, mostly omitted mm-hmm. in uh, in lieu of um, uh, of stock score from other uh, Universal movies. I I don't know why they do that. It's yeah. very weird. I mean that that was like probably like I would assume that like subplots in the music were like the main mm-hmm. things I was missing from the, this one. The only uh, the only music from the original score that was kept was most of the island stuff, mm. uh, which was good. The film has a full dub, uh, which uh, was allegedly to reduce more of the comedic elements of the movie. Uh, to no avail, uh, <laughs> and, and an entire plot line in which the United there's an entire Americanized plot line, which is the most uh, recognizable Americanized version of the movie of a United Nations reporter and an expert paleontologist that, that act as exposition and justification the, for what's the, going on. I called it the exposition news yeah. at six o'clock. The exposition news and also explaining. Also- like this is why Godzilla would be this way, and this is how Kong is such a big monkey. And- also, for some reason, <laughs> I kept imagining the main newscaster in this American dub as uh, Vince Vaughn. Really? Oh, yes, I can see. He kind of looks like John Wayne a little bit. Yeah, when John, you look like at a little him. bit like a mix between John Wayne and Vince right. Vaughn would be good. So I hope in the remake in 2020 we get uh, Vince Vaughn mm. as the American newscaster, which I'm assuming that they'll take this original script and uh, just uh, shoot it. Uh, just shot for shot, basically. Which, you know, as we can say going into this movie, can we just, I think we can both kind of agree, exposition news really out- overstays its welcome. It does, yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, it's just, it's kind of yeah. like once we kind of figured out that we had to watch the American version, uh, that was kind of what I was expecting. Yeah. Uh, it was fine. And it's done in the way that I guess is in the spirit of the original American release of Godzilla, where they try to like, here's like, the story still going on, but here's kind of like a like a through line for yeah. Western audiences well, I mean, to understand. The other thing what's is that on. like it's like the second it doesn't really appear as much in the second half of the movie, and the second half of the movie plays a lot better. And just in terms of the American dub, because you don't have that constant like yeah. cutting. I mean, I'm just assuming that, like, obviously there were other exposition scenes, you know, in the original cut that this just replaced. Just well, guess like, what, Nick? Despite that. This movie rocks. Yeah. <laughs> this movie uh, is so dumb, is so absurd, and just so much fun. Yeah. Like, one, one of the things that was interesting, like, going into this movie was, like, I found it interesting that a lot of older people in the industry always cite King Kong versus Godzilla as, like, a big deal when they were kids. Mm-hmm. And then the more and more you watch this movie, the more you realize that because it is just, just imagine, like, you being a kid at that time and just how crazy. I mean, this movie is such a dated just gem. It, it's it's so like it's definitely like this is definitely one of those movies where I think everything that you would know and love or have seen joked about in mm-hmm. monster movies is in this movie. You have just the best goofy looking miniatures and remote controlled like army like trucks yeah, no, acting so as the army just um, and, and like the yeah. suits are just the, the suits actually like, end up being great like at oh, one point as awesome. one like i mean i was going to mention this when we were talking about like kind of more of the, the plot stuff but at one point like godzilla comes back to land and like He's attacking like Lego Town, like literally, like yeah. the, like literally, he stomps <laughs> on the so building clear. and it just looks like like Legos just falling apart. There's a scene where they cut to like a line of trucks with like headlights on them that are shining on King Kong. It literally looks like somebody just built a miniature set and just filmed it. Like, yeah, yeah not, all, just panned across like some like some poor intern I mean, just we got, took the camera, know, cranked yeah. it, and just like filmed this. Also, there's like a table. There's a submarine that's also clearly like a toy submarine just yeah. walking, going across the water. And uh, we get another model train, which uh, there's a happy. Kong is holding like this chick at one point, And it's just clearly a doll that's like in her hand just with this tiny little moving arm. So essentially the plot of the movie is that because um, for a while I was pressed to say that the movie kind of feels like two movies going on at the same time but i actually amend that this movie is kind of like what's that game 
when you kind of it's kind of like it's not necessarily mad libs but like you start a story and then you like and then and then you go to the next person yeah like one of those improv the, games yeah, yeah and then the, it's like and then they say something and it's like and then johnny went to the store and then the other person is like and then he was robbed that's kind of what this movie was like because this movie was like scientists go to find berries but they actually and then another scientist actually find godzilla frozen in a uh in a nice yeah i mean just (laughs) just another quick thing about the like the american dub i would assume i would i would assume that in the japanese version there was a continuity that like godzilla had been frozen in that ice since uh, i actually in all my in all my research it didn't seem like they were worried too much about the continuity because in this one the only thing is like the 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 one the one issue that i have with the kind of american dub uh, is that like the characters around? There are like a lot of the characters that act as like, oh, oh, it's Godzilla. Like he's attacked before. We got to get out of here. Especially in like the actual sequences from the original film that they dub. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas like the newscast makes it seem like, oh, like Godzilla's on his way to Japan. Why is he on his way to Japan? Oh, and, and then like, they explain like, which I actually, if that was it, like yeah. I wouldn't have mind because I mean it is very much like. All right, you don't really need to explain this, but right? Yeah, the I mean, it just seemed, it just seemed like, like like there yeah. like it was clear that Godzilla was like this known thing, but the newscast kept saying like uh, as if like he was just like a new thing, right? And obviously, because in this movie, it's like not as if Kong is the original Kong from the original uh, King Kong. Well, movie. I guess at he, this point, he is this kind of like a King Kong like. Just another version of it. It had been seven years since the last Godzilla movie, so I guess there was a little bit of catching people up to what Godzilla was or may have been. And also considering that the last Godzilla movie in America wasn't a Godzilla movie. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, <laughs> but so essentially the plot is is that I mean, there's one plot line in which these uh, these company men are sent to an like, island. Yeah, to like this like TV company that's also a pharmaceutical company. Yeah. Like controlled by like the goofiest man in Japan. <laughs> Again, this is one of the things where like I didn't mind the dub here because like the dub gives him the silly voice, but he's also clearly like that silly Japanese. Yeah, well, like, that's what like I was gonna thing. say. It's like the the dub. The reason I don't like I don't want to do dubs because it's easier to make fun of the movie. But in this case, it's like the characters acting and portrayals are. It's just so clearly a comedy. Yeah, which I, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute, but. Uh, these two company men sent by the goofiest man in Japan are sent to find these basically these tomato berries that get you high. Well, they're kind of like, like they never yeah. say exactly what they but do, the, the, but I get yeah, it's like they're supposed to be this like heal all like thing, yeah, like uh, like this miracle cure basically. Yeah. Uh, but then they're also sent because there's rumors of a giant monster and the 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 silliest man in Japan uh, wants <laughs> ratings. Yeah, like he wants ratings he's for got his television. So network. many like. Just, just he's juggling so many things. He's he's got so many goals. Like yeah. he's like, all right. First of all, my pharmaceutical my pharmaceutical company wants those berries, but I also want the ratings for like. It's like what? Who is this man? <laughs> so, he's a he's a regular, uh, you know, um, billionaire Ted. So they go to this island and they meet up with the natives of the island, uh, <laughs> which is then the clear indication that oh so this movie's a comedy <laughs> oh yeah oh 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 yes because the basic- goofiest like just natives who like and i mean and actually i have to give the credit to some of the dub like i know that they kind of strayed away from the original script but there was actually kind of some cute witty lines yeah. that they, well, they put just, in and i can't remember off the top of my yeah, head but there were some happened, good ones uh because what happens here just in terms of we're talking about the let's talk about the king kong plotline a little bit uh so they go to the island to get this monster and also the berries and the natives are like no like you know get away like we're praying to our god like you gotta get off this island and then they're just like, oh, we have like a radio, like it's you can use this to impress all, yeah. you know. But then, oh, and they charm them with the power of music. And charm them with the power of music. But more importantly, will <laughs> they? Uh, they charm them with the power of smokes. Yeah. They including just take one out a pack of cigarettes and starts and handing everyone, them out, and it, like one of the lines is like, oh, they're all smoking or whatever. It's like, see, don't worry, they're all smoking. And, and they, then at one point. <laughs> The guy just hands a cigarette to a child. Well, the child wants it. Like the he child, wants like, it, but yeah. like the guy hesitates. He's like, ah, oh, like whatever. They're just well. The line was, well, don't smoke this near your mother. 
and to then, which I think the mother comes up and also grabs a smoke. I think I think she he, she grabs a child smoke and he she starts to start smoking. Yeah, she it. starts she's, smoking. Like she just lights it up like with no hesitation. <laughs> oh my god, and it's great. So anyway, so that goes on for a while and they are eventually interrupted by a thunderstorm to which everybody on the island starts praying to. So in which the guy, one of the guys, because basically he's like saying like, see, there's no monster here. It's just a thunderstorm they're praying to in which the man calls them ignorant, primitive savages. <laughs> just in the most like sure way. But then it becomes clear that there's actually like right, a monster. Right, because then there's a roar and he's like, the is that thunder? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm not superstitious. You pray. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, to kind of like uh, wrap up like what's going on the island eventually. Oh my god, there's a scene where they're exploring things uh, for a little while and the guy's attacked by a giant lizard. And by a giant lizard, I mean a lizard like the size of a corgi. And I, you can't really see the attack happen, but then it cuts to the guy like swinging the lizard by the tail as if he were mario and yeah. the lizard was bowser <laughs> yeah, like he's like like the lasso of fucking truth just yeah. like swinging. and the guy's like it's only a lizard <laughs> um so eventually they go back to the village and they find out or they i guess they they know that the islanders are using this uh the berries as like a like a heal-all drink, yeah. Uh, in which it's eventually attacked by a giant octopus. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what confused me because I was like, that giant octopus looks awesome. Yeah. It looks so good that I was like, is that a real octopus? And then I found out it was yeah. a real well, octopus. What's funny is that like, it was when, it so first, when it first and... appeared, it kind of had this red look to it. Yeah. So I thought it was like a red blob of like the berry juice, like come alive, basically. Right. Like, but no, it was a, it was a giant octopus. And... The that effect is just awesome. Like yeah, no, it, on it the does. miniature and everything, it just looks. Brilliant. It does look really cool, uh, especially like with the, when they they have like all the villagers running away. Yeah, and uh, you see like the octopus just completely engulfing this like little house. It, it actually looks like legitimately like very very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the probably one of the best effects we've seen. Probably yeah, because it's a real octopus, but just generally one of the best like. And most effective effects we've seen uh, throughout these these uh, Godzilla yeah. films. And then Kong shows up for the first time in the movie, again, in which it's just clearly a man in a suit. Yeah, but again, <laughs> I, I did feel like they built it up uh, yeah. very well. Like it's just the the hints of it. Obviously, he's in the title, so you know he's showing up. But just like the hints, you hear the roar during the thunderstorm. Then it's like the the basically the fence from King Kong, essentially. Uh, and he just bursts through it, and he just obviously it's a man in a suit, but it, it still was kind of a big pomp and circumstance moment, especially in comparison to the introduction that we saw in the last films of our monsters in yeah. Godzilla Rays Again. It was just it was just a nice big like, oh, it's King Kong, he's here. You're also introduced to the goofiness of King Kong because King Kong's main move is just throwing things at people. Oh, throwing rocks. Because his well, his first thing is he, he picks up the fence and throws it at the octopus. Yeah, and then he proceeds to just throw boulders at the octopus. He, he does it once. And it doesn't work. Yeah. And he does it a second time, and it still really doesn't work. The octopus fight is actually pretty cool. It's like basically a low-tech version of what they do in Kong Skull Island, where the octopus just kind of latches yeah. its, no. itself yeah, onto it's just, King I thought he was going like, to powerbomb it at one point. Yeah. But no, that was, that was, that was a very solid yeah. fight. Again, a very good introduction to kind of King Kong. So the octopus retreats uh, eventually, and um, uh, King Kong decides to indulge himself in the uh, berry juice, yeah. in which he I gets drunk, I guess. He just passes yeah, it, out it, eventually. It, it, it just sets him to sleep alongside the drumming and yeah. the music, uh, which I thought, again, that whole... I like the... Uh, so, do you know if the music... Was the music... Was that music from the original? Yeah, the primarily... A lot of the stuff on the island, primarily from the chant, was composed for the original film. Because yeah. that was also a very effective sequence, mm-hmm. I felt like. Just them trying to get King Kong to fall asleep, him slowly falling down the music was very catchy uh and i thought really kind of added to the atmosphere uh yeah i thought that was a very effective sequence uh and then so they have them asleep and uh, they're gonna go through with their orders and take kong yeah. back to japan and it, it, it and again this is one of those things where it's interesting that kong the like that king kong movie being so iconic 
that even this movie uses a lot of those tropes, like mm-hmm. taking King Kong off the island. Later on in the Using movie, going to use him as entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Later on, Kong like actually get gets a woman in hand and climbs up on a building. Yeah. So it's like it's funny that they use all those tropes. So Kong. Uh, so they start bringing Kong back to the island, and meanwhile, while all this is going on. Uh, they find Godzilla in an iceberg who breaks out, which is a really cool effect, and Godzilla starts wreaking havoc on yeah, Japan. Yeah, I, I, I joked that it was the, uh, the uh, they were like, because there was a submarine and they're concerned about an iceberg. Mm-hmm. I just thought that it was the same iceberg that the, that took down the Titanic. It's really interesting watching but, these uh, movies in yeah. retrospect because we actually just read an article about how, and this isn't a spoiler, but a possible post credit scene for Kong Skull Island was like they were going to be it was going to be a team in the arctic yeah. finding godzilla yeah uh so it's just interesting that like how these ideas kind of come and how come this back. movie like r- was really like uh influential for a lot of people yeah you yeah, know but uh yeah no it uh that i thought that the godzilla scene was uh a lot it was cool as to see him bursting out of the ice and just having that overhead shot of him kind of roaming around in that new suit yeah um so eventually uh i mean you know Things happen. King Kong eventually gets to the island. They try to throw some character stuff because the cartoon boss finally meets up with the uh, boat that's bringing Kong well, back to the island, and he's really mad that he's like, "But I want King Kong to come back to the island. I already have distribution deals." And well, I no, because 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 what kind of happens is that Godzilla escapes from the iceberg and makes his way back to Japan, and obviously we talked about he attacks Lego Town, uh-huh. uh, and so basically the Japanese government, and the military, are starting to evacuate. Uh, the city, uh, or all, they basically evacuate Japan, trying to come up with a way to defeat King Kong, trying not to use the nuclear bomb option uh, again. Yeah, everybody keeps on bringing up the atomic bomb because it was in the original Godzilla, but it seems like everyone wants to use it except, which is, I guess, paints the government and the military to good light because they're just like, what's wrong with you people? We're not going to use the atomic bomb. <laughs> there's got to be another way. So basically because Godzilla is attacking again, yeah. uh, the government knows that Kong is on its way and yeah. basically sends a boat to say he's not allowed, you know, he's yeah. going to destroy Japan as much as Godzilla will. You know, if he gets here, we have two giant monsters to deal with and that's mm-hmm. no good. You got to send him back. Yeah. And, and then, and then, which yeah. was it, which and then I our, thought was our cool Japanese TV executive pharmaceutical expert is like, but but I've got the commercials and, and, and <laughs> money on the way. I I, I can't. Again, and it, it not this is not making fun of the dub. This is more so. I'm assuming a, a plot line in the. Can original we also film. can we also mention that they know Kong's name despite never ever being taught it? Yeah, I mean, I would ass- I would assume <laughs> like even on the island, it's like we got to get King, we got to get Kong back to the mainland. I'm like nobody, you weren't yeah. even introduced to this. That monster. that that I assume is one of those American dub quirks. Um, uh, yeah, but 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 because I assume like because I think it's pretty obvious that the like the pharmaceutical stuff and the tv stuff was also in the japanese version i i feel like i think so yeah i feel like like one of it would, i feel like it would be a stronger satire mm-hmm. in the original because i feel like you just would kind of get a little bit more of it whereas here it's just kind of like a slight satire yeah. of kind of like the media which it's kind of been a running theme with these godzilla films just like little little bits and pieces of like slights at the media and then newscasting and stuff like well that. nick things go awry and King Kong escapes and makes his way to the mainland. Not after surviving a giant TNT explosion. Yeah, which definitely would have killed him, but yeah. it didn't. So he makes it to the mainland, and then in which they say, like, they actively say it's like King Kong is going to face off against Godzilla. So this is like at the first, their first round in the movie. This is my favorite part of the movie, by the way, <laughs> because I. I lost my mind because like you and I, it's like there's a shot of Godzilla walking and King Kong walking at each other. Yeah, they say with, in with exposition God, yeah. news that it's like these creatures are could be lifelong like instinctual enemies. They're going to face off. There's have no way to avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> like You're absolutely going to. So Nick and I are just like, all right, here it comes. The first major battle. So it comes up. King Kong is like peacocking his way up, banging his chest, putting his chest out. Godzilla's just like having a jolly old time, just roaring, jumping up and down. Godzilla has the high ground. I yeah, think. no, I was, I was going to say Godzilla is very, very energetic He's and jolly active. in this he, movie because he he keeps roaring and he keeps like. He keeps clapping like that. That's his main move. Is he just puts his arms together like? But but the best part is eventually. Kong does his move by throwing rocks at yeah. Godzilla. Which doesn't work. It, yeah. And then it doesn't work in which Godzilla reacts 
by shooting his atomic breath, which looks really cool. By the way, this movie looks good, like yeah. from that dated monster movie mm-hmm. perspective, yeah. but it, it's restored pretty beautifully. Um, and <laughs> so he shoots his atomic breath, which blows up all the ground around Godzilla, uh, King Kong, burns his chest a little bit, in which King Kong's reaction is just looking around, scratching his head, and just walking away. Because yeah, my favorite thing, like, which is which is great. My one of my favorite things is basically like uh, Godzilla does his atomic breath for the first time, and it just cuts the King Kong. His eyes wide, and his his mouth is like basically like, oh, what shit. the hell? <laughs> like, what? Like he can breathe fire? Like what? What's going on? No, yeah. So it's because it's great. Because yeah, because King like basically like. King Kong like gets hit with the atomic breath and he's like, "Oh my god, I'm on fire." And then he just looks like uh, <laughs> nothing I can do here. <laughs> yeah, nothing nothing really I can do and just walks Dude, away. I lost my mind cuz this is what you came to see and it ends with one of the main monsters just like screw this. It's just leaving. I could not believe it. It was so funny. And you know, while we're at it because we got to we got to move on to other stuff soon. I just want to talk about the because eventually they do fight at the end. Yeah. Because long story short, there's a plan where they redirect Godzilla in another way. They reestablish once again that electricity is Godzilla's weakness, but it may be King Kong's strength for Who some knows? reason. For some, I mean, it's kind of funny because they do set that up with the lightning and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I think like they do set it up, but it's also just like, why is King Kong suddenly powered by lightning and, so, and electricity? I mean, it, it's fun, but it's just like it's just when you're watching it, it's just like. All right, let's buy it. Let's do it. So eventually they capture Kong um, uh, by uh, putting him to sleep with the berry juice and a recording of the song uh, on the island, which is like, oh, that was a plant, and this is the payoff. Right. Well, it's <laughs> um, funny because yeah. like, when, when they started playing, because he does the drums, which is fine. Yeah. But then the music starts he playing. Records like, the, he, he recorded the vocals, I guess. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I was like, I'm glad that those uh, Islanders had an album uh, yeah. out and uh, <laughs> probably number one on the charts, considering uh, I their, think, their pedigree. I also think one of the deleted scenes was also a plant that he knew how to play drums. Yeah, I think that was that was a thing. Uh, so they eventually uh, get King Kong. Their uh, plan is to uh, basically recreate the movie up by tying a bunch of balloons to him with indestructible string that was also this planted was earlier in the movie. Amazing, and they lift him up like like the movie Up, and then they like fly him away. It, that's astounding. It's yeah. such. I'm definitely gonna post a picture of that on the Facebook page on the Twitter account. It's so. Glorious, yeah, and, and his King Kong is so awkward, yeah, because they make him fall asleep again, and they're just like, We can get balloons on him with your indestructible string, and it's just because or it's just King Kong just floating away, sleeping, yeah, like his arms dangling in the air, yeah. Uh, so eventually they end up above uh Mount Fuji, which Godzilla also happens to be above. God, uh, King Kong wakes up and breaks free of his restraints, in which starts. Really, what you came to see, and now it's no holds barred. It's Godzilla versus King Kong, and this was just like it's everything. I hope, like, this it's not one of those was... things you get to the end and they skimp out on it. No. Like, this is amazing. It's like, it's compar- like <laughs> I mean, co- comparison to the Godzilla and Gears fight, yeah, which this, is just like the same move done over and yeah, over this again. This just was a war, yeah. and it was awesome. <laughs> it's like, but it's so goofy, too. It's like Godzilla. Like King Kong hiding under rocks, trying to do a sneak attack on Godzilla, yeah, and and just like throwing, they were like throwing and kicking rocks at each other. At one point, Kong throws a rock at him, and Godzilla like uses his tail to whack the rock back. To walk at the his rock face. back, yeah. Oh, and there was the one time, like King Kong falls from the balloons and slides down the mountain. Yeah, it's just like they're just like uh, he's, he's just, waking up, like they're they're taking him over. Godzilla. They're waking. They wake, He wakes up, and they're like drop him yeah i was just like i guess just drop him so yeah he drops down just slides down as if he's like going sledding and just knocks godzilla over this and this fight escalates in the most cartoonish way like at one point king kong try like this is like basically king kong's john mcclain in this movie because he tries to do like this flip and he like does this somersault head first into a rock by accident <laughs> and just knocks himself out. And then, like, he's kind of playing dead for a little yeah. bit. He's like, Godzilla's just burying him under rocks, and then, like, he just gets up, tries to fight, but this completely is where fails. I can kind of see where Godzilla is more villainous, because where Kong gets more of, like, that cartoonish, children-friendly fighting. Like the- Godzilla gets more of the relentless 
like yeah. humorless fighting. As he continues to yeah. clap and kind of jump up and down yeah. eventually. Uh, in which Godzilla finally knocks out Kong <laughs> by doing a drop kick. It's achieved with the most wonky stop motion, like, and it's not even good stop motion. It's just like like five frames of just moving an action figure, <laughs> yeah. just where it's like, Ugh! <laughs> like it's 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 brilliant. And at this point, it seems Kong is down and out, right? And then the most convenient lightning storm comes across Mount Fuji, strikes Kong with lightning, and Kong wakes up with lightning powers. Basically it's basically lightning is like Popeye with spinach. Yeah. It's like it's, it's like did it did it. Yeah, he like turns in he turns into Hiachi from Tekken and is just like has lightning fists and like grabs like Godzilla by the tail and shocks him. He he like Emperor Palpatine shocks him. It's just like unlimited power. And then the this and the fight just keeps escalating. Like at one point Kong takes a tree this is the best move I think I've seen in a monster movie. He takes a tree and shoves it down Godzilla's gullet, in which Godzilla responds by using his atomic breath to light the tree on fire and, and spits it back and in. launch it right back at Kong. It's amazing. And then and oh, no, it's just great because then they go into like this like ancient Japanese city and are just like again just pound for pound punching, hitting each other. The buildings just getting destroyed. Yeah. It's just glorious it's really cool so eventually this movie all wraps up with them fighting and it causes a giant earthquake which uh both of them fall into the ocean um and when they fall into the ocean uh everybody's like well what happened to the monsters and then kong is the only one to re-emerge from the waters and uh is seen swimming back to his island uh therefore naming kong even though they say like godzilla where did godzilla excuse me where did godzilla go um, Kong is officially named the victor of the fight. This movie's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it is goofy. It yeah. is cartoonish. It is absurd. It is monster movie dumbness. I love it. Yeah. I want to, I want to, want to go walk just one quickly. What's one scene that we kind of skipped over, but I did kind of want to talk about, okay. uh, that there's another scene where Godzilla is attacking a train, uh, cause there's, cause there's a plot. There's line. a lot more train attackings yeah. in this. There's a plot line where like, with like a, like a girlfriend whose husband is flying and there's a report in the paper that they her, his plane crashed. Well, cause the two guys, one's the boyfriend, one is, is the, the brother. brother. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So this plane crashed and her friend is like, Oh, like there's some survivors over in this city. And then, like, they're like, oh, no, we got to evacuate that city because it's Godzilla's here. Yeah. But what's great about it is that then the boyfriend comes back and he's like, oh, no, I, I missed the flight. My boss made me stay. And she's like, well, I just sent your wife or your, or your girlfriend over to the, the whatever the city it is. Yeah. It's like, and then some other person comes in. It's like, oh, they don't want to go there. Why not? Godzilla's coming. And they're like, Godzilla? <laughs> like, like, even, like, again, like, this is the dub, but also, like, in the original responses, like, right. even in their faces, it's not like they're worried. It's, it's really like, oh, man, Godzilla. Like, again, like, that kind of inconvenience. So then they go, and basically there's an awesome, another awesome kind of sequence where Godzilla is attacking this train, and people are just falling out left and right. right. But the best part about this scene is that the, the boyfriend comes in, and he, like, has a truck, and he just, like, sneaks oh, past I, the guy. I know what you're going to talk about. And, and so, like, so basically, like, he's like, you can't go that way. Godzilla's attacking, but he just goes past the police, like, blockade. Yeah. Then he passes his and other that guy. Poli- that police officer was very worried about him, because yeah. when he was driving away, he was like, you, no, don't do it. You're going to die. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no, but he go, he, he's driving his car, and uh, this other guy is running away from Godzilla. He's like, yes. He's like, no, God, please give me a ride. I, I, I think this is gonna be out and the guy just like looks at him and just speeds away what made that was that the guy in the car stopped and listened to him yeah and then drove away and he's like no wait <laughs> it's like why would you why would you stop and eventually he oh, does man. save he saved the girlfriend this movie's great uh so yeah did you enjoy it you know what will <laughs> i think now i'm in love with kaiju movies <laughs> This movie, it's worth it. It, it, it awakened, like you said, it awakened something in you. Yeah, it awakened something in me because now I, like, I understand like the monster fight. I understand it, right. and I had a wholly entertaining time uh, watching this movie. And in fact, I would very much be interested in just seeking out, even if it's damaged or even if it's not as high a quality of a picture. I would be really interested in seeking out the original Japanese cut. Uh, just to kind of view it, just to kind of see it in, in its original form, because I was definitely thoroughly entertained uh, by this film, and I thought that this 
really was such fun and such yeah, it's silly and in the best way. And I'm definitely not a person who says like, well, like these movies have more value over, let's say, modern movies because of the whole miniatures and the sets and everything. Because I think it's all relative. Like yeah. I think like the stuff we saw like within the new Godzilla movie and Kong Skull Island is a new generation of what you can do with monster battles. Yeah. Like you sat next to me at the end of that movie and I was just like, Oh my God, like yeah. because there was stuff in that movie too. But there is something to be said of just about how goofy and lighthearted. Like I almost maybe think the lighthearted nature is what brings personality to it. And just like the datedness of it just yeah. makes it great. Um, speaking of the, uh, so Going into post-release, as we talk about the movie, you were talking about the Japanese version of the movie. There is actually a myth regarding this movie, myth, a cinematic myth. urban legend. Ooh. So originally, there was a myth that this movie had two endings, that the Japanese ending featured Godzilla being the victor, and that the American version featured King Kong being the victor. It was rumored to appear in this niche sci-fi magazine called Spaceman Magazine, and uh, persisted throughout several publications, news sources, and trivia games. Um, and the reason it persisted so long was because at the time, the original Japanese cut was very hard to right, come that, by. That makes very yeah. sense. So very sense. When, when, that, um, when the Japanese cut started to resurface and more publications uh, started to resurface um, or started to be read about the movie, it was very clear that Toho's intention, Kong was always considered the, uh, the winner. All right, uh, the legacy and the post-release of this film. This uh, movie is the most attended film in the entire Godzilla franchise. Right. Um, it was the fourth highest grossing film in Japan that year and was Toho's second biggest moneymaker that year as well. Originally, there was going to be a direct sequel uh, to this movie that was planned and announced, but it was ultimately never realized. Um, I assume right stuff. Yeah, well, it, it, there's actually going to be something I have regarding Ooh. that. Um this was the movie that basically cemented Godzilla as a franchise or as a viable franchise. So Toho had immediate plans to continue to continue doing stuff with Godzilla. Um, the next film was going to go back to the roots of this original film. It was going to pit him against Frankenstein Ooh. or uh, like Toho's version of Frankenstein. Uh, but that idea was eventually dropped for, well, what we will talk about in our next Godzilla movie. Um, but Frankenstein was still used in the Toho canon uh, in his own series of two films titled Frankenstein Conquers the World and War of the Gargantuas. So there is a Toho Frankenstein out there. Hmm. He ki If you look him up, he kind of just looks like Swamp Thing, though. Like, that's kind of like, <laughs> just imagine yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, just using that Frankenstein name, I guess, is enough. You don't need to make him a Frankenstein. Toho planned on continuing with King Kong as a franchise, but as you said, we're unable to maintain the rights for it. Yeah, it seemed like from what we talked about uh, earlier in the episode, uh, it seemed like if there were troubles with this rights, even though it was successful, yeah, uh, I would assume that it uh, it would be an issue to kind of continue. They did co-produce uh, King Kong Escapes in 1967, which was a giant monster movie that pitted uh, King Kong with a robot replica of himself called Mechanic King Kong, which really should be called Mecha King Kong. Yeah, Mech King Kong. That's what. That's really what his name should yeah. be. Um, in 1992, Toho planned to actually remake this movie, but as as is always, we're unable to attain the rights to King Kong. Uh, they were going to use Mechanic King Kong, but uh, the owners of the rights of King Kong at the time still thought that the likeness was too similar to use. Um, and as we move forward into the future, because both uh, because Legendary Pictures uh, owns both the rights as of now, uh, that we are going to see another rematch in Godzilla vs. Kong in 2020 as part of the MonsterVerse set up by the 2014 Godzilla movie and the 2017 uh, Kong Skull Island. Again, will this will it be a shot-for-shot shot remake of this I movie? really would want... They could do whatever they want with it. Even though this watching this movie kind of gives you some ideas what they could do. Mm -hmm. But I really want them to do the Kong just pusses out of the fight in like the second act. Like, I would love that. <laughs> if that. Can you imagine in a big budget temple movie nowadays, like the main event of what you came for and, then you're, and it's about to happen and it's not anticlimactic or anything. It's literally that one of the fighters are like, screw this. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, hey, oh my at God, the, at the end of that. the day, Kong is smart for it, though, because it's like obviously at this point he's outmatched. He's got to figure out like 
if he's going to fight this guy, he's probably going to find out another strategy. And it's like, I'll live to fight another day because mm-hmm. the guy has fire breath. This was the last movie. I think that it was a little bit hard to come by original reviews of it. A lot of these movies, like you see retrospective reviews, right? Yeah, which I are, assume, yeah. But this is considered amongst king amongst kaiju fans of being like a big favorite. Um, yeah, being very I can influential for just... because, like I said, there's more so than the first two Godzilla movies. This kind of has all the things you like about a monster movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the goofiness, the sets, the costumes. And um, as I said, it, it's been really interesting that every time I hear an actor talk about like, oh, what was like a big tentpole as a child that you went to go see? A lot of people say it's like, oh, when King Kong versus Godzilla like was coming out, like, you know, there or were probably kids. got re-released or something like that. Yeah, like when that came out, it seemed like a big deal to, to a lot of the kids at the time. So Yeah, and like I said, like I, I know people don't like this God, the King Kong costume for whatever reason, but I think like when they're facing off against each other, it looks good and... And just to mention, like, one quick thing, I think the actors in the suits uh, do a very good job. And there's really, one. There's really, a, sorry, go ahead. They, they do a very <laughs> good job of, at, at fighting. Yeah. And I think they do a excellent job of just putting their bodies on the line to kind of make it look cool. At one point, he, he like, flips Godzilla. Yeah, <laughs> like again, again, like, Ma- like Mario with Bowser. It just yeah. feels oh, like he just takes so his great. tail and just swings him around. Oh, man, this is... Oh, I'm so glad we're doing this because I love rewatching these. Um, all right, so that's King Kong versus Godzilla, a monster movie gem. Um, definitely uh, a movie that I think that if you're going to see any of these monster movies thus far that we've seen, I think you should see Godzilla for you know history's sakes. And it's a good movie. Yeah. But if you want like what a goofy monster movie is, watch this. Yeah. You no, know. I, I. It'll be interesting. I, I, I just to talk about like my rankings real quick. It's funny because it's like it's one of those things where like oh, Gojira is like this very serious and, and has a lot of heavy themes and that's kind of what really drives the film mm-hmm. but it's almost like directly comparing it to like this yeah it is it is it is very hard to do so because you kind of want to say it's the best one we've seen thus far it, it's like the one i've had the most like fun watching yeah. I, I will definitely say that yeah. but it's just like is like is one better than the other it's it's you know because with the bond films they're all kind of they're different but they're all kind of similar so yeah. they're easy to rank these are going to be a very interesting especially as we get the ups and downs the comedic highs and the serious highs Mm-hmm. not really lows of the <laughs> franchise of the Godzilla franchise. It'll be very interesting to see kind of what, what I gravitate to. Well, uh, next time we see Godzilla, it will be against a, uh, very famous foe that, uh, we will, uh, come to love and know as the series goes on in, um, I think Mothra versus Godzilla will be our next Godzilla film. But next time we're not talking about Godzilla. We're going to be talking about James Bond in, Thunderball. All right. And so stay tuned for that. Yes. Again, a lot of legal mumbo jumbo coming ahead. <laughs> it seems to be the theme of this month is just legal, legal stuff. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that is the Bonzilla podcast for this week. So uh, if you want to find us, you can email us at bonzillapod at gmail.com, uh, twitter.com slash bonzilla007, and facebook.com slash bonzilla007. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave a rating and review on iTunes and SoundCloud. And uh, can we find you anywhere? Or should we not find you? Oh, if you want to follow me personally, uh, you can follow me at Disney and Beyond, where I tweet about Disney and Beyond stuff. <laughs> and you can find me at WAFC Studios. And you can also find me on my other podcast, uh, Upside Fans, or uh, another podcast, House Elves and Ewoks. All right. Is that it? That's it. All right. Well, uh, until next time. It's Zilla. Bondzilla. <laughs>